Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. Let's give God all the glory. Wow, wasn't that worship wonderful today? It's so great to be back home at Church on the Rock. It's always such a privilege to be here. And uh, Pastor and I go way back. Somebody asked me today, this morning, how long have we known each other? And I know it's been more than 30 plus years, 35 years, I think it is. So praise God for that. I heard Mark say that Pastor shared last week on the love of God, and I got to tell you, I'm going to pursue that same thing today. I've been, it was on my heart for weeks and weeks, and it wouldn't go away. I kept thinking about some other topics, and I, my wife will tell you, you know, I was going back and forth with what I thought I was supposed to share, and I kept coming back to this idea, and here it is. Here's the idea that I feel I should share with you, and this is this idea, that God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Think about that. God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I like to say it this way, and let me, I'm going to give you three ideas that are attached to this this morning, and then I'm going to let you sit down. I'm going to... But first of all, let's do this. Let's just simply stop and look at the size of God. I mean, think about who this is. Our Father. We are his children. We should stop and look at the size of God. Now you can be seated. You know, I have the opportunity to work with a lot of authors And when I work with authors, I always tell them this. When you publish what God's put on your heart, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And that's true for every single one of us this morning. And anything has happened to me quite a few times. (laughs) I'm going to testify today. I once was invited years ago to speak at a conference in Austria. Now, this conference was very special. It was actually held at a hotel, I remember, halfway up a mountain. And I kept thinking, wow, how beautiful this is and how treacherous this must be in the wintertime. I was speaking at this publishing conference, and at the same time, there was also a Christian evangelical kind of camp meeting going on in the same hotel in the middle of Austria. And I thought, wow, how unbelievable. Right here in the the middle of Austria, there's a Christian publishing conference going on and also this evangelical meeting going on. I thought, Hitler must be turning over in his grave right now. (laughs) And let me tell you something about this conference. It was very unique. 
This was the first time that all these Eastern European publishers had been able to come out into the open and began to publish books. The, the walls of communism had begun to come down, and now they, they could be out in the open and publish, and some of us American publishers were invited over to share with them a little bit about how to do publishing and help them. And so I was really privileged to be able to share at this conference. And I remember I was at the hotel and I was, it was in the morning. I was heading down to the first session and I was walking down the hallway. And as I walked down the hallway to this, to this publishing conference, I passed another man in the hallway. And as I passed him just a few seconds later, I heard this man say, are you John Mason? I thought, oh, what in the world? I'm I'm halfway around the world. I'm here in Austria. I said, yes, uh, I'm John Mason. I turned around. The man said that he was actually attending this Christian camp meeting, kind of evangelical event. I'm over here attending the publishing event. And he said, John, I've got something to show you. And I thought, wow, this is unusual. He said, please follow me right now to my room. I said, okay. He was excited. I had no clue what was going on. So I followed him down to his room. He goes into his room. He gets out a manila folder. And I can see that there's a rather large printout that he's got right there in front of him. He goes, look, here is your book, An Enemy Called Average. I translated it from, Bulgar or from English to Bulgaria, and I printed it out and brought it with me on this trip. Wow. The whole book. Then he went over and he got another manila folder. He opened that up and in it was a newspaper article. It was a book review. It was a review of my book in Bulgaria with books, the book's picture and my picture in the leading newspaper in Bulgaria. Wow. He was so excited. He was proud. I was shocked. How did he know who I was? How did he translate it? Did he, did he know that what he did was technically illegal? <laughs> I didn't really care. I was excited my book was reaching somewhere I never imagined it would. I appreciated, I appreciated his efforts. I really did. I, but I, wasn't, I probably ought to let you know, I never got a copy of that book and I never got any royalties. But that was totally fine. It was unbelievable. Halfway across the world. You see, God can find you whenever and wherever. He's everywhere you are. The Bible says in Psalms that when we wake up, he's right there. And he was certainly there in that hallway in Austria. <laughs> Halfway across the world. The Bible tells us this amazing truth. It says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth that he might show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Listen, God wants to show himself strong on behalf of people that are loyal to him. You see, the Lord finds us where we are and with our obedience takes us to where we're supposed to be. The Bible says, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And the Bible says he's near to all those who call upon him. So you know what? Here's what I want to challenge you with. 
I challenge you and me both to be on the lookout for what God might be up to today. To actually be on the lookout. To have kind of a holy suspicion. What is God up to today? You see, God places you places. And then we know that he does more than we can ask or think. <laughs> Listen to this from the Passion Translation. The Ephesians 20, you're going to be blessed. Listen to this. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imaginations, he will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. You see what? You see what we should do is expect the unexpected. I love the confession that you all do over your offering. Part of that was to expect the unexpected. This is what God specializes in. You know, you have to be on the lookout for it. You can't see the sunrise if you're facing the west. You have to position yourself to receive all that God has for you. I want you to position yourself when you walk out of here today to get all that God has for you. You see, he loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're going to hear that a few times. So expect the unexpected. You know, I, when I went to college, as a freshman, my first week of college, as like all freshmen, I was required to take freshman English class. Right? I'm in freshman English class. I signed up for this class. And as I walked into the class a little early, I noticed there was this really pretty girl sitting in the class. So there was an empty seat over near her. So I went over and sat in that seat and began to have a little conversation and found out pretty quickly that this really pretty, beautiful girl had bought two syllabus for this class. I'm thinking, who buys two syllabuses? Of course, I hadn't bought mine yet. And when she found out I didn't have any, she gave me her other syllabus. I later found out that she wasn't even supposed to be in this class. She was supposed to be in another class. They had to reschedule her, and she didn't really want to be in this class because it was 7.50 in the morning, and she didn't really like those early classes, but I did. But she's in this class, and so she gave me her syllabus, and we began to talk a little bit, and I, afterwards, uh, I thought, maybe I ought to ask her out for a date. And I did. And we dated more and more. And more. And three and a half years later, we got married. 46 years ago yesterday. There's my wife. Stand up. Linda, see, isn't she beautiful? <laughs> Expect the unexpected. You saw Marilyn Hickey. I'll never forget Marilyn Hickey and I, or Marilyn, Linda and I were having dinner with Marilyn Hickey, and we, she asked how we met and everything, and I told her this story about meeting in freshman English class, and she turned to us and said, isn't that interesting how God puts you two together in English class? Because we spent most of our whole lives helping people write and publish books. You see, God does the unexpected. We should be on the lookout for that.
Don't fear the future because God's already there. And he's working on your behalf. And he's for you, not against you. You know what? Just imagine a year from now. August the 30th, 2024. And realize that today, right now, God is doing things in your future for that day. He's already working on your behalf. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. He knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And just because the past didn't turn out exactly like you think it should have does not mean that your future can't be better than you've ever dreamed, ever hoped, and ever imagined. Is God finished with you yet? No. You see, we don't have to know everything today. We just need to trust him with, his, with our future. You know, I was, uh, I was invited to do a devotional. And this was years ago. This was more than 30 years ago. I was invited to do a 20-minute devotional. And I'll never forget, I was preparing for this devotional. <laughs> I had my notes on a green legal pad, green paper. I don't, I don't even know where that came from. I've never used green before or after. But for some reason, I wrote it on this, all my notes on this green paper. And for this 20-minute talk, I had 35 points I wanted to make. <laughs> and little did I realize that I was already starting to do what what later ended up being the kind of stuff that I would put in my books, you know, where I take a short amount of time and cover a lot of stuff. And the night before, I remember I went to bed, and I went to bed a little early, and I, I knew I had to get up pretty early the next morning, and, and here's what happened. Here's the unexpected. I remember I woke up the next morning, and I was going to go speak, but instead of having the normal thoughts when you wake up, like, what time is it? What am I going to wear? Where are my keys? You know, those kind of thoughts that come to you. None of those thoughts came to me. The very first thought on my mind was this thought. An enemy called average. Out of the blue, God gave me that thought. And I thought, wow, that's a great title for my talk today. And so that morning I went and I shared those 35 points in 20 minutes. And at the very beginning of the talk, I said, the, talk, the name of my talk today is An Enemy Called Average. And I had many people come up to me afterwards and say, man, that's a great book title. And I said, I know. God gave it to me. Don't you use it. <laughs> Little did I know that unexpected thing that God gave me and that phrase how that would impact my life and literally millions of people around the world expect the unexpected I think we ought to live like Oral Roberts taught us at school to expect a miracle not be weird not where we over spiritualize everything but to know this that the maker of the universe is our father and we are his children. Yeah. Yeah. And he is well able
to do anything, anytime, anywhere. You see, I'm a realist. I expect miracles at any time. That's the most real way to live your life. And again, I try my best to have a holy suspicion that maybe God is up to something good every single day. You see, understanding, understanding and accepting that there's more, understanding that there's an unexpected out there for you, that there's more, it opens you up to all that God has for you, and he has a lot. Jesus said that he came that we might have life, and life more abundantly. You see, there's always more than meets the eye. There's always more than meets the eye. What you see right now is only a very small part of the big story that God is writing. So stop every day. Stop every day and look at the size of God. Here's another idea. I want to share a story about this idea. I remember I was standing in the parking lot of a high school where I used to be the head basketball coach. Yes, I know, when you look at me, you think that guy was probably a basketball coach. (laughs) But you know how to make people think you're a great coach? Here's how you do it. You never let them see you shoot. (laughs) And I heard a voice, a voice that I was familiar with. He said, John, and I I remember turning around And I saw this man that I knew, his name was Bill. He was standing on the other side of the parking lot and I knew right away who he was because his stepson was one of my basketball players and he was the kind of kid that gave 110%. He would dive dive on the floor for balls, take charges. You know, he was 110% all the time. The kind of kid that a coach loves to coach. And Bill, too, was a great man. He had a really successful background in business And he had experienced a rather significant conversion to Christ. And as a result of that, because of his leadership skills, um, a prominent local Bible institute had asked him and, and and had asked him and he accepted to be the director of the entire school. As Bill was walking towards me, he said, I need to talk to you about something. Well, because it was Bill, I was all ears. He said, John, I'd like for you to teach a course on faith at my school. (laughs) Now, you have to understand, I live in Tulsa. And it's a city known for faith stuff, right? There's Bible schools that built around faith. This Bible Institute was known for all the teaching on faith. There's people all over the place teaching on faith. And he was asking me to teach the course on faith. And I have to admit that when he asked me this, I actually laughed. I said, you're kidding me, right? I thought he was pranking me. He goes, no, I'm very serious. I think you'd be perfect for teaching this class. I believe that you're the right one that God has for this. I paused for a moment. I felt completely unqualified. And ironically, I knew it would require faith for me to even teach a class on faith. I knew that God had never had anybody qualified working for him yet. 
and I certainly fit that bill. <laughs> so I told him I needed to, to pray and think about it. And as I walked away, I began to feel rather quickly that this was something that I should do. But I wondered, what if what Bill said to me was true? What if what he said to me was really true? What if God has chosen me for this? What if it's true? Didn't take me long to get back to Bill with my decision. I said yes. I knew I was supposed to do it even though I had no experience or credentials. I taught the course. Or maybe I should say, the course taught me. <laughs> the students responded well. And something good happened inside of me. I went on to teach that course three more years. And one of my book titles came out of one of the classes in that course. As I was teaching on the course uh, on faith, I, I was just teaching along. And all of a sudden I said, you know what? You're born an original. Don't die a copy. I had no idea what was happening inside of that class. I'm so glad I asked, what if it's true? What if it's true? A minister friend of mine used to say this all the time. He used to say, what if it's true concerning the scriptures? And when you consider that question, first of all, it sounds like doubt. But isn't that really a statement that a person could make that's walking by faith? I believe that kind of spiritual hopefulness, what if it's true, is an excellent way to live your life. What would happen if you applied that question in a positive way, not a doubtful way? So many times we see the scripture and we doubt. But what we should really think is, wow, what if that's really true? I believe our faith would grow by doing that. So this morning, think about it. Think about these things. What if it's true? What if it's true that God really wants you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers? What if it's true that nothing can separate you from God? What if it's true that everything works out for good? What if it's true God will give you wisdom? What if it's true he'll protect you, he'll meet your needs, he is faithful to you? What if it's true you can trust God, he'll forgive your sins? What if that's true? That he's your strength and his mercy is new this morning for you. What if it's true? What if he created you, as Pastor said, for a purpose, on purpose? What if it's true that God wants you to have an abundant life? What if it's true that he hears your prayers? What if it's true that he gives you peace and he provides a way out of trouble? <laughs> What if it's true that he provides a solution to fear? What if it's true that God really loves you and there's nothing you can do about it? What if it's true God promises an everlasting life? Yes, yeah, somebody started to clap over here. Let's give God all the glory. 
What if this is true? You see, if you're going to believe everything you read, start with the Bible. (laughs) God makes more than 7,000 promises in the Bible for you and me. Are they true? The Bible says his promises of the promises of God in him are yes and in him. Amen. So be it. Yes, every promise is true. You see, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Here's my third idea to share with you. I'm having fun. Thank you. (laughs) You know, when, when God's been so good to you, and you've messed up so many times, and you don't deserve anything, and you realize it's such a joy to be able to share how good he is. Honestly. I know we all feel that way. <clears throat> it doesn't happen very often, but when I was working on one of my books, a book called Let Go of Whatever Makes You Stop, uh, <clears throat> in the middle of the night, I woke up and I had this idea come to me. The idea was, don't live within your means. You know, you hear all the time, live within your means, but actually I heard, don't live within your means. I got really excited about this idea that I felt like God gave me. It was 4.30 in the morning. I was excited. I woke Linda up and I said, don't live within your means. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Excuse me. She liked the idea, but she wanted to go back to sleep. What do I believe he meant by that? He wants us to act bigger. Believe larger, associate higher, and with his help, do more than we can ask or think. You ought to do this, know your limits, and then ignore them. Your outlook determines your outcome. You see successful people, they take what they have, they're positive about it, they add faith to it, and with God's help, they make the very most of it. Three friends from a local congregation were asked, these three friends were asked, when you're in your casket and friends and congregation members are mourning over you, what would you like for them to say? What would you like for them to say about you? Well, Daniel said, I'd like for them to say, I was a wonderful husband, a fine spiritual leader, and a great family man. Roger said, I'd like for them to say that I was a, Wonderful teacher, a servant of God who made other people's lives better. Frank said, I'd like for them to say, look, he's moving. (laughs) So keep moving. Keep believing. Keep loving. Keep doing. If God's your partner... Make your plans big. He's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or hope. I'm not encouraging you at all to go wild or be reckless. You should certainly spend within your means, but not live there. 
Talk with people smarter than you. Listen to those more spiritual than you. Ask questions of those more successful than you. Lend a hand to those less fortunate than you. Don't stay where you are. You see, when you, when you only live within your means, you can't live by faith. And without faith, we know, it's impossible to please God. You know, I had, I had just began to go out and minister in churches. In fact, this was my third time going out and preaching. And I found myself at a storefront church in Tampa, Florida, pastored by a really bright young pastor. I was naive, I was inexperienced, I was excited, I was willing to do anything for God. Life was wide open and I was running full steed ahead. I was just happy to be there. And I remember I spoke to about 100 people on a Sunday night, sharing my heart as best I could. I finished my message and as I did, I felt that I should give an invitation for people to get prayer at the altar, to receive prayer at the altar. Whatever the need was, I was willing to pray with them. When I laid hands on about 10 people or so, uh, I neared, I came to the next to last person in line. It was a young man, teenager, young teenager. He asked me to pray for his tongue. He asked me to pray for his tongue. I immediately told him, stick out your tongue. (laughs) I grabbed his tongue with my right hand, and I began to pray earnestly for this kid's tongue. I'm sure I was freaking him out. But I went ahead. After the service, I was outside talking to some of the members of the congregation. The young boy, young man with the tongue issue, came over to me, and he said clearly, thank you for praying for my tongue and for me. I had a stuttering problem, but God healed my words tonight. Glory to God. I'll never forget what he did for that boy. Now, would I grab a tongue now that I'm more experienced, wiser? I hope I would if that's what it really took. So weird doesn't equal spiritual. But that said, God may ask you to get outside your comfort zone. In fact, I promise you he probably will. He does, amen. (laughs) Jesus once used spit to heal a guy's eyes, remember? Made that spit in the mud. He may ask you to get your hands dirty or even wet like I did. You see, I've tried to follow this rule my whole life to be instant to obey and to take action without delay. See, I found the longer it takes to act on God's direction, the more unclear it becomes. The longer you take to act on God's direction, the less likely you are to do it. That's just the truth. That's why today is so very valuable. That's why today is so very valuable. So I'm encouraging you to step out of your comfort zone. You'll find you're not alone. If God directed you, he'll be with you every day single step of the way. Don't live within your means. I have one final quick thing I want to share with you, but you can bring these up here. Now, you all know that I write books. I didn't, I actually have 32 books now. Amazing. It's, I'm shocked. I didn't bring all of them, just two. 
I, I, I felt to bring this book. It, it's, the, it's the book I talked a little bit about. It's a book, An Enemy Called Average. This is for people that want to quit so they won't and for people that want to go to another level that they can. And I have a brand new book since last time. It's called Be Uncommon. Like I said, you're born an original, don't die a copy. But not just average, not just anything. There's a unique, you know what? You're the most uniquely qualified and equipped person on the face of the earth to do what God has called you to do. That's the facts. And this book will be a, a blessing to you also. And by the way, uh, these make great graduation gifts. And I, I, I am going to go back out and sign some books. So, you know, if you're thinking about a graduation gift, that might be something that would be a great blessing. All right. So let me just summarize what I said. First, stop every day and look at the size of God. Think about it. What if God's word is really true? Think about it. Step out by faith. There might be a person with a tongue out there for you. <laughs> and finally, that God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful time together today. Father, I thank you that you love us, that you love us in so many ways and nothing can separate us from your love. And Father, I thank you today that every person here is loved by you, no matter what they've done, no matter where they are, you still love them and you want to have a relationship with them. And so Father, right here, right now, I thank you for that. And before I step down from here, I'd like to give you an invitation to fully accept the love of God. Maybe you're not where you're supposed to be right now and something in your heart is convincing you of the fact that you need to recommit your life to him. And just really what that is, is just simply accepting the love that God has for you. Maybe you've never really fully embraced a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says this so clearly, that God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And today, right here, right now, you can stop and look at the size of God and say, yes, God, I'm going to accept this right now. I'm gonna accept Jesus into my life. If that's you, to either rededicate your life or to maybe make a commitment to Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life for the first time, I wanna pray with you. And it's just simply this, I just want you to raise your hand right now all around this room. If there's anybody here that would like to make a recommitment, yes, sir. <clears throat> just lift your hand to God right now. Yes, yes. Yes, all the way in the back. Now, we don't ever want to do this alone, but I want to ask all of us to pray this prayer. And the, the few of those that raised your hands, would you pray this along with me? Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. I believe that he is the son of God. I believe that he died for me and that he was raised from the dead. God, help me because I need your help. Lord, forgive me of my sins. 
I know that you will if I ask. And right here and right now, I declare Jesus as Lord of my life. And God, with your help, from this day forward, I'm all in. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.